Welcome everyone. My name is Darren Snow and I am the senior pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Aurora, Illinois. And I am so glad that you are joining us in our series on the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus called Walking in the Light. Amen. 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 Yeah, you can do that. Now, I don't know about you, but I take uh, incredible comfort in knowing that the God that we serve, the only God that there is, uh, is never changing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you look at the fickleness of this world and our culture as the wind blows, He never changes. Now, now, what we're going to be talking about today is, while God never changes, praise God, we as human beings have the opportunity to be profoundly changed. And we'll uh, dig into that. You may be seated. You may be seated. What a blessing it is to have you here uh, at Crossroads Community Church this morning, especially if you are visiting with us. Uh, my name is Darren Snow. I'm the senior pastor here at uh, Crossroads. And on behalf of Pastor Matt, Pastor Juan, all of our elders and staff, what a blessing to have you with us. And for all of you that are uh, online, already it's June, of course, summertime is here, and people are already scattering to the four winds. So for those of you that are watching us online, what a blessing to have you with us. If you are visiting with us, let me tell you real quick, uh, we are now in week number 14, can you believe it, week number 14 of a 26-week uh, series on the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus that we have called Walking in the Light. And we're going through all six chapters, we're going through all 155 verses, and we're going to pick up right where Pastor Caleb left off last week. So if you have your B-I-B-L-E's, I want you to open, turn, or tap to uh, chapter 4. Now, before we jump into the Word, uh, here we are at summertime. I'm glad it's a little cooler today. It's been hot the last couple of days. That's why I fled Texas, because it's too hot down there, all right? Uh, but it is summertime now, and that means it is outdoor baptism season here at Crossroads which is awesome. I got a few woos out there out of that. They're awesome. It's really easy to remember the last Sunday of June, July, as my mama says, and August, the last Sunday of all three of those months, we will be doing outdoor baptisms across the way. If you or a family member would like to be baptized, we would love to dunk you, okay? Uh, and uh, all you have to do to be a part of that is go to our website and register, and we'll follow up with you from there. But that's coming up uh, this summer, and we're really excited about that. Okay, before we jump into Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to tell you a true story. Okay, some of you are going to think it's, I'm being a little over the top. I would never, ever have any pastoral hyperbole. It's a true story. Okay, way back in the dark ages of 1986, <laughs> some of you weren't even a thought in 1986. In 1986, I had been out of college for a couple of years. I got out of school, uh, college, when, in 1984. But, and I did a couple of you know, things. But in 1986, I finally got my first real job, okay? And it was a sales job in, in, in this big company. And I thought at that point I had died and gone to heaven because I just knew that I was going to be the world's uh, greatest sales guy. It was my dream job, okay? Now, I showed up my first day of work, wearing the same blue blazer, gray slacks, and red tie that I had worn during my interview. And it was the same blue blazer and gray slacks that I wore on day one and on day two and on day three and on day four. And finally, on Friday, my boss, Dirk Von Holland was his name. I still remember all oh, those many years ago. 
made a suggestion that maybe I might want to expand my wardrobe just a little bit and not come to work next week wearing that same blue blazer and uh, gray slacks. So I went to that place where all young and poor execs go who are making $15,500 a year. That was my salary, okay, back in 1986. I found out a couple of months later that my administrative assistant, back in the dark ages, we called them secretaries, that my secretary was making more money than I was, okay? So I didn't have any money. So I went to that place where we all go uh, when we're buying our first little outfit, and I went to Sears. <laughs> That's true story. I went to Sears in Houston, Texas, and, and I'll never forget the first two suits I got. I, I, got, a, I got a blue suit, a, a plain blue suit, solid blue suit is the word I'm looking for, and, and, and I got a pinstripe gray suit, and I thought I was all that and a bag of chips when I showed up on that Monday morning. No more old wardrobe, no more of my college, you know, jeans and t-shirts, although that's funny, that's what all I wear now, okay, but no more jeans and t-shirts for me. I now had a new wardrobe. Uh, suits and ties and, and dress shirts and wingtip and wingtip shoes. Now listen to me. Here's what I'm getting to. As cheap as those suits were, and they were cheap, okay, when I would get up in the morning, you know, 23, 24 years old, whatever it was, and I would put on one of those cheap suits, I felt like a million dollars. Something happened. I was ready for the day. I was confident. I was a world-class salesman. I don't think I was so world-class, okay? But I was a salesman. I had confidence, okay? When I would put that suit on, I was putting on what I already was, okay? I was putting on, if you will, what I already was. Now, believe it or not, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying to us in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. As Christians, here's what we're going to explore now. As Christians, followers of Jesus, with God the Holy Spirit living within us, we are to continu continually take off the old and put on the new. That's where Paul's taking us this week. So we're going to look at eight verses. So we got a lot. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. We're going to look at verses 17 through 24. Caleb ended at verse 16. We're going to pick it right up because we're going through every single verse. I'm going to give you verse 17. I'm going to give you a little context, and then away we're going to go. So if you haven't opened up your Bibles yet, please do so to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's jump in. Paul says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord. Look what he says here now. That you must no longer walk or live. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And then he says, how do the Gentiles walk? In the futility of their minds. Okay. Now, especially for those of you that may be visiting with us, let me give you just some really quick context. Uh, what we call the book of Ephesians was a letter that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to Christians, really important, to, the, to Christians at the church in where? Ephesus. We know that. Where is Ephesus? It's in modern-day Turkey, all right? So he's writing to Christians. Now, the Christians in that church was a mix of Jews and Gentiles. What's a Gentile? Someone who's not a Jew. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. 
Uh, we're not exactly sure what the mix was uh, between Jew and Gentile, but, but most biblical uh, theologians and historians believe that it, there was a lot more uh, Gentiles than Jews. So as he's addressing Gentiles, I want you to understand, okay, that he is writing to Gentiles. So he's not being disparaging necessarily towards Gentiles. He's just laying out the reality, okay? So he is commanding them, as you see, to walk. Another word that we can use there is to live as Christians. He's writing to Christians not the way that these pagan Gentiles lived that were all around them, those that had unregenerated hearts and minds, thinking and acting the way that unbelievers did. Now, when I use that word pagan Gentiles, uh, and we're going to get into this in a couple of weeks, uh, but they really were pagans. They were very much into the occult. They were very much into wit uh, uh, witchcraft. Uh, they were polytheists like everybody just about was in the ancient world other than Christians, which means uh, that uh, they worshiped multiple gods and there was a lot of sexual immorality. And again, we'll, we'll connect with that here in the next couple of weeks. So he's reminded them, this was their old mindset because they're Christians now. This was their old way of thinking. This was their old wardrobe, if you will. And this, this way of living as pagans, he was reminding them, um, manifested itself in some really dark and some really disturbing ways. Let's drop down now to verses 18 and 19, and, and he's going to flesh this out. They, the Gentiles, the non-believers, they are darkened in their understanding. They are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to what due to their hardness of heart they have become callous and they have given themselves up to sensuality greedy to practice every kind of impurity now i don't know about you but when you look at that that's sobering that's sobering to say the least. Look what he says here. He, he says these non-Christians, these pagans, here's the world in which they're living. First thing he says, they're living in darkness. Look at your text. It says they're darkened in their understanding of the things of God. They're not living in light. They're living in darkness. Uh, he says they're living in deadness. I say that because it says that they're alienated from the life of God. So spiritually speaking... We come into this world spiritually dead as doornails. We're dead in our trespasses and sin. It is only, we only come to life, spiritually speaking, through the reality and through the power of God, the Holy Spirit living within us. So they're living in darkness, they're living in deadness, they're living in hardness. Their hearts are hardened. And then here's the word I'm going to use for the last one. They are living in recklessness. Look at your text. It says that they're callous. It says that they're giving themselves over to sensuality, an ungodly sensuality and impurity. Now, I don't know, maybe you're sitting there and you're going, oh, you know, that critique is a little harsh, you know. Uh, maybe it seems like the Apostle Paul is maybe being a little bit over the top in, in his somewhat harsh critique of uh, those non-believers. I don't think that he's being harsh uh, in that critique at all. I think it's simply the reality of who and what we are, human beings are, 
um, and how human beings live apart from God. And this is nothing new. In other words, he's not picking on uh, the Ephesians uh, 2,000 years. Listen, you go back, this way it's always been. How many times have you heard me say, Genesis 1 and 2 is awesome, but we got to flip the page to what? Genesis 3. And in Genesis 3, literally everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Why? Because sin comes into the equation. And what's the first story we see in Genesis chapter 3 after sin comes into the equation? That little story about uh, Cain and Abel? That's all it took. Sin comes into the equation, and nothing has ever been the same since. Uh, The prophet Jeremiah wrote this a couple of thousand years ago, more than a couple of thousand years ago, because he lived way before the time of Paul and Jesus. Here's the way the prophet Jeremiah uh, said it. He said, the human heart... Look what he said. He could could say a lot of different descriptors. Here's how Jeremiah said He said, the human heart is deceitful above all things. And look at this. And it's desperately sick. That's you and me, saints. We're not pointing the finger at anybody. The human heart, apart from Jesus, is deceitful and sick. Who in the world can understand it? Now, again, I I want to understand this. This isn't just Ephesus 2,000 years ago. This is the way that it has always been. And, and, and I would say this, and I promise I'm, I'm not going to get on a rant, but I, I, I'm guessing we would, we would agree with this as Christians. Ha, if you look at, at what is going on in our culture today, there are things going in our culture today that have always been, but there are things going on within the last, let's say, two or three years. If Charles had come to see me even two or three years ago and said, Pastor Darren, let me tell you, I've looked at my little crystal ball, which we wouldn't do, okay? <laughs> no, you wouldn't do. But if I was to look in the future and I was to see and would have told me, here's some things that are coming just in the next two or three years, I would have looked at my friend and brother Charles and I would have said, Brother, I would have looked at him like he had three heads because never in a million years would I have guessed that some things that are being normalized today just within the last couple of years. And again, nothing new. This is people apart from Jesus. You're looking, you're looking at, at, at example A. We're not pointing the finger at anybody this morning. Apart from Jesus, we are all dark and dead and hardened and reckless. And saints, let me tell you something. The only hope, the only hope we have as a culture is the same only hope we have as individuals, and that's Jesus. It's him. There's nothing else apart from Jesus. That's the hope that we have, knowing Jesus and knowing the truth of who he is. Because Jesus, and he is the only one that has the ability uh, to change the sick and deceitful heart. That is the human condition. Jesus and Jesus alone. Now, the truth that is in Jesus, okay, that's where Paul goes next in verses 20 and 21. So let's continue to just walk our way through here now, okay? But look what he says now. Again, he's speaking to Christians, and he's reminding them. He says, but that is not the way you, Christian, that is not the way that you learned Christ. Not only from the Apostle Paul, we know that he was there somewhere between two and three years. He was there uh, at that church on more than one occasion. And then he says, assuming, of course, that you have heard about Jesus and were taught in him. And then look what he says here in the, uh, the verse 21. As the truth, as the objective truth is in Jesus. 
So Paul is simply reminding the church in, in, in Ephesus, and he is reminding us now, even in this moment, of who we are in Christ. For us now, because they didn't have the whole canon of Scripture, but for us, of what we have been taught by the Scriptures and of the truth that is in Jesus, that he and he alone, nothing else can change the human condition, only Jesus. Now, let's remember now who wrote this letter. His name was Paul. His name used to be Saul. And what was Saul's mission in life before God changed him on the road to, to, to Damascus and changed his name to Paul? What was Saul doing? What was his mission in life? He was persecuting and killing Christians. So you want to talk about somebody that knew firsthand the inside-out transformation that can only happen through Jesus? Oh, Paul knew it. And you can just almost feel the emotion as he is writing this out because he was example A of inside-out transformation. Now stay with me. This is all good. This is all great stuff. But he's about to go deeper now. So stay with me, okay? And what he's going to give to us next is not one, not two, but three points of truth. Three specific actions to help us in walking out the truth of who Jesus is, walking out in Christian character and integrity that will help prevent us from going back into that old wardrobe that we used to live. Three specific actions. Here's what he's going to give to us. Here's the first thing that he says. Okay? Uh, he says, Alan, here's what he says. He says, Alan, put off the old self. He says, Alan, take off the old wardrobe. Put that off. Take that off. Take off those, the, the jeans and the T-shirts, if you will, that you used to live in. Look what he says there in verse 22. He says it. He says, okay, as the truth is in Jesus, the end of 21, then we pick it up in 22, to put off your old self which belongs to what? Your former manner of life. That's, the for, that's your former life. You're different now. Which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So saints, what he is telling us is, is that we as Christians daily, I'm going to use that word, I think it's appropriate, with intentionality, we are to repeat this, okay, putting off the old selves. Why? Because old garments just feel good and feel natural sometimes. Anybody have an old pair of jeans that you can still fit in? <laughs> okay, I don't have many of them. But an old pair of jeans you can still fit in, and you put on that pair of jeans, and they just feel so good. Right? They just fit you. They're one of your old favorite pair of jeans. Maybe an old T-shirt. I've got T-shirts that are older than some of you, all right? But you kind of get into that old wardrobe, and it just it feel, it feels natural. It feels good. Right? Saints, especially for some of you that have come to know Jesus as adults, Listen, when you have years, if not decades, of thinking, speaking, and acting a certain way, all right, it's easy to fall right back into that. Old habits die hard. Do they not? Or am I speaking just for myself? Old habits die hard. And, and, and I would say, especially for those who come to know Jesus a little later in life, all right, and you're still surrounded by family, by friends that may not be completely supportive of the new you. Right? I, I, so now you come to know Jesus, Jesus the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells within you, He changes you from the inside out, you're on fire for God, 
All right? You want to tell anybody and everybody what Jesus has done for you, why you are a new creature, why you're thinking and talking and acting differently. And not everybody's wild about that idea. Liza, you know, you're, you're getting a little over the top. You, you, all this Jesus stuff. Take a deep breath, sister. Bob, seriously, slow down a little bit. Have you become one of those Bible thumpers? True or not true? Okay. Old habits die hard. And so when you have those kind of pressures, you know, it's easy to kind of slip back into the things that you do. And so he, Paul is telling us, it takes time and intentionality to begin to, you know, I like those old jeans. They felt really good. But I can't wear them anymore because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So he tells us, first and foremost, put off the old self. Then look, here's the second thing that he says. Put off the old self. second thing he says is renew your mind. He says renew your mind. Look what he says in verse uh, uh, 23. Here it is. He says, and to be renewed, there's our word, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So this new way of living, all right, wearing this new wardrobe, it's not going to fully fit, if you will. It's not going to fully fit unless our thinking begins to be changed until our thinking begins to be renewed. Now stay with me. The Apostle Paul speaks of this renewing of the mind in a couple of different places in Scripture. But I know some of you are way ahead of me, all right? And you know exactly where I'm going, which is Romans 12.2. Look what Paul says. So if you're not familiar with Romans, this is, again, the Apostle Paul writing, okay? Romans 12.2, look what he says. He's, again, he is speaking to Christians, and he says, Christian, do not be conformed to this world. Some of your uh, translations say, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but rather be what? transformed by what? By the renewal, by the renewing of your mind. Now, I'm hoping for some of you that bells are going off, ding, 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 ding. Why do I say that? Because just four months ago, as part of our vision series, we did an entire message on the renewing of our minds from Romans 12.2. Let me give you just a few snippets from that from four months ago. Hopefully, uh, this will jog your memory a little bit. God, here's one thing we can tell you. Scripture. So, God never changes, but praise God, we can change. And so, listen to me, especially if you're, if you're a new believer, maybe you're not a believer yet, but God's doing something. The Christian, let me say, the Christian life is a life of continual transformation and change. That's what we call sanctification. Will we ever, Javier, be fully sanctified this side of heaven? No, brother, we won't. Okay? But the life of the Christian is the life of continual change. So here we are celebrating 10 years in, by the way, how many hands, how many of you were here 10 years ago this weekend? Wow, you, you hung around. God bless you. Okay, 10 years later, right? Okay, so in 10 years, Lord have mercy, I'll be in my 70s in 10 years. But for those of us that are here 10 years from now, and it's what, 2033? Can you imagine? Okay, we want to be able to be here in 2033 and look back and say, while we're a long way from being fully sanctified, I'm a little bit, if not quite a bit further down the road in my faith 10 years from now. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be some ups and there's going to be some downs. I assure you we're going to stub our toe a time or two. But the life of the Christian is about continual transformation and continual change. So stay with me. The more, Paul says, that we are being transformed to the ways of Jesus, the less conformed we are to the ways of this world. And how does this transformation happen post coming to know Jesus, post justification? Paul says it's through the renewing of our mind. We've been changed from the inside out. The heart's now changed, but the mind, mind still wants to slip back into some old jeans and t-shirts. Okay? Now, 
Three basic functions of the mind. Here's, here's what we talked about in depth a couple of months ago. All right? Three basic functions of the mind. The intellect, the emotions, and the will. Life is made up of thinking, feeling, and choosing. And Jesus, through the power of the Spirit, wants to transform all three of those. Just to be clear, he wants to change the way that we think. That's our intellect. He wants to change the way that we feel, our emotions. And he wants to change the way that we choose, that is our will. Now, I want you to think about this, okay? Through the power of the Spirit, when you begin to think differently and you begin to feel differently, and then, this is where the rubber really meets the road, when you begin to make different choices, God-honoring choices, when you begin to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, not my will today, Lord, but yours be done, that's when we begin to experience deep, authentic, real life change. This isn't about living a life of legalism where I better, Sarah, you better do all the right things and you better not do all the bad things. No, 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 no. that's the life of legalism. The inside-out transformation is when I say, even when I don't like it, even when I don't feel like it, even though uh, through the Spirit he's changing my emotions, but I'm going to make different decisions. I'm going to make God-honoring decisions because he's God and I'm not, and he has transformed me from the inside out. So today I say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Now, Jay, I always pick on you when I say this. Jay, does this happen overnight? Don't you wish it did? I wish it did. I, I wish that when I you know, really came to know Jesus that I'd woken up the next day and I was completely sanctified, that I, my mind uh, and, and my emotions and my will were all instantly changed. It does not work that way. Sanctification, that continual transformation, is a lifelong process. And it's a little here and it's a little there through the day-to-day nitty-gritty of life. That's the way it works. Now, this should be begging a question. All right? And the, the question that should be begged, I think, is, okay, you're saying, I want to be changed. I want to be renewed. Sign me up. Dude, I want to be renewed. I'm a Christian. The Holy Spirit's living within me. But I want my mind to be renewed. How does that happen? How does that work? How, what do I got to do? Tell me, Pastor. I'll do it. Okay? What I'm about to tell you is saying, there is no magic formula. There is no magic formula in the walk of a Christian. I'll just tell you that right there. If there was a magic pill, we'd all take it. All right, so what I'm about to give you is without a doubt Christianity 101, meat and potatoes Christianity. But just because something is simple and basic does not mean that it's not really important and doesn't mean that it's not life-changing. This side of heaven, these things will never change, okay? And there's a lot of these, but these are Pastor Darren's big three. You want to experience true renewing of your mind post-coming to know Jesus? Okay, this is going to be a shock to you. Jackson, you ready to be shocked? Okay. Okay, how do we change? How, how do we see renewal of mind? We open up the B I B L E. Yes, that's the book for me, and we read it, and we study it, and we let it marinate down to the marrow of our bones. Not because we have to, because we get to, because it is the Word of God, and it was breathed by God Himself through those human authors. It's the Word of God, and when you take an open heart and you take the word of God, and you throw in a heavy dose of God the Holy Spirit, it is transformative. 
It will change your mind. It will change your thinking. So how do we renew our minds? We open up the word. Here's the second one. This is going to shock you too. Okay? We spend time with Jesus in prayer. With intentionality, daily if possible. Again, not being legalistic. I don't have to spend time with Jesus. I get to. The, the, the maker and creator of all the universe actually knows, okay, Dan, your name. Dan, he wants to spend time with you. Let that marinate, Mark. He wants to spend time with you, brother. And how guilty I have been. Oh, I got other things I got to do today. I'm as guilty as anybody. Okay? But you want to renew your mind? Contend on your knees. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And put your phone away. I'm as guilty as anybody. Just spend some time with Jesus. Tell him what's going on in your life. Tell him the good. Tell him the not so good. Tell him the things that are making you crazy. See, prayer is a two-way dialogue. Now listen, I'm really good at the talking. I'm not so good at the listening. He will renew your mind. Slowly but surely. So those are the first of Pastor Darren's big two. Time in the Word, time in prayer. And, and here's number three. Pastor Caleb talked about it last week. We talk about it all the time, the big three in different ways. Okay, you want to renew your mind? Ready? Mike, you ready? Spend time with other believers. Boy, that's a shock, huh? Spend time with other believers. Spend time with other Christians. I got to spend, I got to spend some awesome time this weekend with other Christians. And it's, it's always a blessing, always. We didn't do a Bible study. Huh? We, 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 just, we just sat and talked about the things of God. And God renews our mind when we're with other believers. Now, you know, we, we've got our little summer celebration today. Una Iglesia, one church. That's why we're wearing our little T-shirts. Okay? Let, let me just, okay, let me calm your fears. We're not going to do a Bible study after we get done. We're going to eat barbecue. We're not going to have a Bible study. Bible study is going on now. But what a blessing when we get to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and just connect. And rarely do we have the opportunity for service one, service two, and service three to connect. We get a chance to do that. Some of you get a, a, a chance to show just how bad your Spanish is. Just like old Pastor Darren. Buenos dias, muchachos. You got that? That's the blessing we get to experience. Don't miss the opportunity to meet other brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't miss that opportunity to have fellowship. You know, we get to celebrate 10 years in this building. But even beyond that, way beyond that, we get to celebrate what God is doing in our third service, which is Crossroads and Espanol. I can't, Pastor Juan, I can't believe it. But today is the two-year anniversary of Crossroads and Espanol. I can't begin to, I get to sit back and to just enjoy, I get to just sit back, yeah. But you talk about all of the incredible hard work, all of the man and woman hours that went into starting this thing and, 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 and to see it grow like it's growing. Matter of fact, let's do this. Pastor Juan, Pastor Mike, and Olga over here, these are the guys that do the heavy lifting. Can you guys give them a round of applause and let them know how much we appreciate them? Along with Jessica... Right? along with Jackie and so, and so many incredible volunteers that come together and make this thing happen. 
But our minds are renewed. We grow in our faith when we're spending time with other believers. Okay, we got to get into the home stretch. So we put off, we, so number one and two, we put off our old self. We lean into Jesus and we renew our minds through various ways. And then here's number three. Okay, Paul says, put on the new self. He says, put on the new self, the new wardrobe. Get rid of the t-shirt and jeans. Put on that suit, that tie, that white shirt, that red tie, right, whatever it is. Put, put on those wingtips. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 24. And to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God himself. In true righteousness and holiness. Now, I, I've kind of, I've said this a couple different ways. I just want to be as clear as I can be. If, if you have believed in Jesus and if you have received the free gift of salvation that you do not deserve, that you could never earn, uh, 1 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. 1 Corinthians 5.17, I believe that is. Okay, So Paul here, talking to Christians, he's not talking about salvation. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's simply reminding us he is saying remember who you are and act like it okay remember who you are marty you're a new creation in christ jesus anna you're a new creation in christ jesus right and on and on and on it goes you are a new alan you're not the way you used to be brother you're a new doesn't mean you're perfect doesn't mean you don't fall and stub your toe. We all do. But he is saying, remember who you are in Christ and act like it. Live it. Walk it. So let's take all of this together now. Let's just do a little bit of application. Okay? Tomorrow morning, we're all going to get up, or most of us anyway. We're going to get up and we're going to go to work. Real world. And so I think what Paul is saying to us is, uh, maybe we get up just a few minutes early tomorrow morning and with a little bit of intentionality, we remember who we are. And we put on those new duds. And as we're putting on those new duds, one more time, we remember we don't have to weave that new wardrobe. All we got to do is wear it. In other words, the weaving was done on Calvary's cross some 2,000 years ago. Robert, you don't got to weave it. It's done. The price was paid. The price of your sin was paid on Calvary's cross. We don't have to weave it. All we got to do is wear it. So with intentionality, I take off the old. I'm not who I used to be. All right? I'm not, I, got an extra, I got up an extra 10 minutes. I'm going to spend a little bit of time in the Word. I'm going to spend a little time in prayer. I'm going to renew my mind, and then I'm going to walk out of here, and I'm going to put on my new self. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, and I'm going to live with, with intentionality. I, I, I'm not going to live prideful or arrogant, but I'm going to live with a quiet confidence in who I am in Christ. I'm going to live with a little bit of that holy swag we talked about, couple of weeks ago, not prideful or arrogant, but just a little quiet confidence of who I am in Christ. See, we're going to put on tomorrow morning individually as families. We're going to put on what we already are. We're going to put on what we already are. And we're going to live our lives to glorify
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, one more time, I am astounded at your word. (laughs) I really am. So simple and yet so incredibly profound. And so, Father, I, I just pray right now that for those that don't know you, that have not experienced who you are, Lord, that they would come to know you. And they wouldn't wait. Let today be the day of salvation. Today. None of us are promised another moment, another day, another week. So that's my first prayer. But then, Lord, I also pray for, for, for those of us, which is the majority of us, who are, who are followers of Jesus. And, and, Lord, I just pray that you would manifest your presence in our lives. Lord, that we would remember today who we are in you. When the evil one begins to chirp in our ears, and he always does, that he will get that rebuke. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I may not get it right every time. I know there are times when I stumble. There are no, uh, I know that there are times when I fall. But I'm not the old Darren. I'm not the old Melissa. You know, I'm not the old Bill. I'm not the old Sue. I'm not the old person. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to put that on. Oh, Lord God, I pray as individuals, Lord, as families, this community of faith, that we would be reminded today, we would be reminded this week of who we are in Christ. And Lord, that we would walk this out with a quiet confidence knowing who and what we are. Lord, that you have changed us from the inside out. And we will be careful to give you and you alone all praise and all glory. And all the saints agreed and said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. I really hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like more information on Crossroads Community Church, you can check out our website at crossroadsconnect.net. And if you are ever in our area, we would love to have you visit us in person at 3003 South Eola Road, right here in Aurora, Illinois. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to having you join us again next week as we continue our series in the book of Ephesians, Walking in the Light.